0: May is here
1: There's less than three weeks left in the 21-22 Premier League season We've been with you all the way and we're staying with you right to the finish I'm Harry And I'm Jack And, and this, this is, is Two Habs Coming up on the show, we're joined by former Premier League player and Irish international Stephen Kelly.
0: We welcome our special women's soccer correspondent, Addison Whelan.
1: Ian McCourt from OneFootball tells us what it's like to work for one of the coolest apps out there on the planet.
0: And Kilkenny United Under-12's girls team are in the locker room. Get comfortable, but don't fall asleep. Get some snacks from your kitchen. And get ready for the best kids football show in town, only on RTE Junior Radio. We're changing things up slightly on this penultimate episode of Two Halves, and we've invited a guest pundit to join us at this part of the show. He's a man we can't wait to chat to. He's a former Spurs and Republic of Ireland right back, as well as playing for Fulham, Stoke, Reading, and Rotherham. You'll know him as the pundit now on telly. I suppose you could say he's our colleague over at the more grown-up RTE Sport. Welcome to Two Halves, Stephen Kelly.
1: Thanks very much for having me, boys. Stephen, we said in our introduction there that you play with Spurs. They find themselves battling it out with Arsenal for a finishing spot in the top four. You covered Sunday's 3-1 win over Leicester, a good performance. Do they have enough to finish above the Gunners?
2: Yeah, they really do. Honestly, you, you watch the way they're attacking prospects going forward. The ball, um, they, they look so good and forwarders defensively they got better. And um, Romero coming in, I'm sure as a Spurs fans you must like the look of him as well. Kulisevsky coming off the bench, I think who is way was wonderful again. So you have got to fancy the chances. It's just it's all building up towards that game on the 12th, I think, uh, the the North London derby, which is going to be an absolute cracker match. So hopefully they can do the business in that match and push us over for the for the fourth place.
0: Spurs still have to play Liverpool, Arsenal, Burnley and Norwich and Arsenal level on games have to play Leeds, Spurs, Newcastle and Everton.
2: You just can't see Liverpool or City stopping so that's the one you kind of feel that they might struggle against but the way Liverpool play with a high line Spurs play off the counter-attack and fast pacing behind so it could actually suit the way we play. It's the, it's the other games after that Um, the Arsenal have you kind of feel going into the last one Everton hopefully be still fighting for their lives in that last game in the season to make that one difficult and
1: you know it's going to go right to the wire I think Son has scored 19 Premier League goals this season and he got a brace there at the weekend
0: and as you said earlier Romero he's been great for us so far but his importance to the team on Sunday was incredible he was getting every ball back for Spurs sending all up the pitch one of them he even created a goal he left his man on the ground but sure, the goal stood anyway
2: it's nice when a defender comes in that that looks like he loves defending and Romero looks like he loves defending he actually enjoys the art of defending likes making tackles he gets a buzz off Do what you see the way a striker is likes to make runs and score goals he looks like he he enjoys tackling and defending as much as, as that for a striker so you know when you get a player like that in the door
0: well we'll move on to the title race now The top of the table is literally, there's a whisker between both teams.
1: For me personally, I think Man City will win. Overall, they have a better team, I think. And the squad rotation is a massive thing to have over a team like Liverpool. Like, they change the squad nearly every game. Like, it's impossible to play fantasy football because your defenders are just. (laughs) It changes every week. Liverpool don't really have that rotation. They did actually drop Salah and Trent at the weekend though, which was an odd move. But they still got the three points. Yeah, no, Sal- yeah.
2: Salah has been undroppable as the all season really for them, and he's been the one, the go to guy. So when you look at the. I suppose Liverpool, though, have improved their squad this season, definitely. The seasons before, when they have had injuries, they struggled, but you look at Konate coming in as a defender, and they have Gomez, Matip. You kind of feel like they're much stronger defensively than what they were before. It wasn't just relying on Van Dijk, and, you know, the season he missed, basically through injury, you could tell that was a write-off. Um, but, yeah, City, again, they go from game to game, changing players, and they don't drop in quality when they change when they change the system, change their style. You know, you're bringing... £100 million pound player off the bench in Jack Realish and he's still a wonderful talent so it is very hard to look past them. but Liverpool have been able to push them and with the two managers they have at the helm who really, really test them you know, it's great to have managers like that on, on display week in, week out because you're learning so much from them
0: But the thing is, will it get kind of boring with Man City and Liverpool dominating the Prem every season are, are there players like Salah, Mane, Firmino even De Bruyne getting a bit old now?
2: Yeah, I think you're looking at this this table and these two teams and as much as we're talking about Spurs and Arsenal getting close, but they seem so far off the quality that, that the Liverpool and City have. They're, they've both been relentless and they have been for the last few seasons. To be you know, within a point of each other going for the, the last few games of the season is just is remarkable how much they push each other and how relentless they are. The level of consistency these two teams show week in, week out. you know, You
1: think at a point where one's going to slip up, they just don't. So... We're all going to call it now who we think is going to win. Personally, I think City will win. What do you think, Harry?
0: I don't know, but I, I have a strong feeling that City are going to hold on.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I have to agree with you, lads.
2: I think City are the ones that are going to keep holding it. I can't imagine. Um, I just can't see them dropping points. So that's where it is. It's not that Liverpool aren't going to be good enough. So I just can't see City dropping points.
0: Of course, the big news last month was Eric Ten Hag being named as the new Man United manager. I read this morning that former interim manager Ralph Rangnick says it could take Ten Hag two years to sort that team out and five years to win a title. A bit of a mess at Old Trafford, Stephen.
2: It's a huge fall from grace for United, and I think it's something that we harp on about all the time because you're looking at, you know, it's 10 years almost, I think, since they've won a the title, and, you know, that's just not what people expect from Manchester United. United are were constant winners week in, week out, winning games, winning trophies, Premier Leagues, back-to-back. So they're so far off at the moment and I just think there's, there's so much more going on at the club than just bad performance on the pitch. It just seems to be a mixed-massive players. There's no cohesion with the squad. They're, they're so up and down in performance levels and, you know, their star player, Ronaldo, People seem to be pointing the finger at him for some crazy reason that he's the problem, and you know, I'm not sure how that could be the case considering he's the only one that's actually turning up for them week in, week out. So, um, you know, for me, you'd be building it. I'd be building a team around him. If you had one season left, I'd be building a team around him to try and get the best out of him and and galvanize you and lead you to something. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to take a while for for a thing. But you can look at Suko came into Chelsea. There was a bit of an instant change. So you know, there's a little bit more work
1: to be done there. And just to touch on Ronaldo. I've heard, like you said, a lot of people saying he's the problem. It's a bit of a split debate. I do understand the likes of Rashford Fernandes. They've been outshone by Ronaldo this season. But if not for Ronaldo, I don't think they would have won three uh, against Spurs uh, that time with his hat-trick. I don't think when Ronaldo went because of the death of his son, they lost. It just goes to show that Ronaldo is actually a massive, massive part of United and without him... They could be eight, eight, or ninth, or even below that.
2: I think one of the biggest things was that Pep Guardiola wanted to sign Cristiano Ronaldo at the start of the season, and that spells it all for me. Like, if he was at City, he'd probably have fifty goals this year. Like, he'd be flying, and Liverpool wouldn't be in sight of City if he was there because that's how much of an influence he'd have on that side. So, I don't think he's the problem at all. I just think they need to embrace him and. And make sure they get the best out of him because they'd they'd be way down the pecking order if he wasn't there.
1: And City's problem for a long time is not having that striker. Like Gabriel Jesus, while he's good and scored four goals in a recent game, he he doesn't do it consistently enough. So there's talks of bringing Haaland in, which is probably most likely.
0: And like you're saying there, you can never underestimate what Ronaldo's capable of. But Man U have won two of their last 12 games. The only player that scored in both of those was Ronaldo with two hat-tricks.
2: He, he again, has been excellent. I mean, like I said, he's pushing for a goal in the boot again this season, which is ridiculous. Like It's it's crazy to think he's 37 years of age. Like, I, I played against Cristiano many a time when he was at United and he was a winger. And, you know, it, I I'm retired now, <laughs> he's still doing it. So, you know, it's, it's remarkable.
0: And now, looking way down at the bottom of the table... Everton had a good 1 0 win over Chelsea on Sunday, thanks to Richardison. But is it too little too late?
2: I don't think too little too late because that game in hand, and I, I, like yourself saying you have a game in hand, or the team have a game in hand, and yeah, I know you'd much prefer the points on the board, but you kind of think, ch- with, everything Everton with the squad they have, with the history they have in the competition, it almost feels like. They can't go down, you know. What Burnley have done over the last few weeks has been crazy. I, you know, to think that they've they've gone four and beaten since the new manager's taken in, and that's under a shadow of Deutsch going, and which was totally, you know, not expected by anybody in the game. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be such a close call. Leeds are still in there as well after their result, and um, but everything I feel possibly could creep out of it and that was a massive massive win for them against Chelsea.
0: At one stage in the second half in that match it said the amount of completed passes for each team the ones for Chelsea were 166 but for Everton they completed 17.
1: Everton still have to play Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Crystal Palace and Arsenal and Yerry Mina coming back from injury. Leeds have just picked up a massive injury. Stuart Dallas broke his leg when uh, they lost 4-0 to City. So we've named who we think is going to win the league. are gone, Watford are practically gone. Who do you think will go down out of Everton, Leeds and Burnley?
2: I would have 100% said Burnley. That's what I was thinking and I thought it's just got, they've had too many seasons where they've been close to it and then survived and I just felt like this is is the year it's going to happen. And with Sean Dyche, I thought it's definitely going to happen. But what they've done over the last few weeks has blown my mind. Honestly, I can't believe what they've been able to achieve. So. I'm still going to stick with them, but I'm reluctant because I think they've shown a lot more than what I expected them to have.
0: Well, after getting Mike Jackson as their new manager for the rest of the season, Burnley are like smooth criminals. They haven't lost a game yet. So I don't think they're going to go down, and I think Leeds are going to be the team to go down.
2: Yeah, I've seen a few. I think they've they taken a look at themselves in the mirror a few times
1: So well. well, I think... Leeds will go down, but I think it's going to come right to the end. It might even come to the final game. It it makes for a great end to the season.
0: Well, I think we're all out in Mike Jackson puns now, but (laughs) the rest of the season really is going to be a thriller.
1: Now, the next time we'll be talking to you, we'll have a Premier League winner and we'll have all the news of everything happened to earn them the title.
0: Stephen Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us on the show. You're always welcome here on Two Halves. Thanks for talking
2: to us. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it.
1: Our next guest on the show has one of the coolest jobs in football. Off the pitch, that is. He's a Derry City supporter to the core and spends his days monitoring and writing about football from all over the world as content lead at OneFootball. The ultimate football media platform for news, scores and stats. Welcome to Two Halves, Ian McCourt. Thanks, guys.
0: Ian, we said you have a dream job. We love the One Football app for all the football news, live scores, statistics and news from 200 leagues. Can you tell us about your job?
3: Yeah, I guess it is a dream job because you just you talk about football, you write about football. Uh, it's yeah, you don't get a break from football. So if you love football, I guess that's pretty perfect. We have a newsroom that Operates in six different languages so English, French, German, Spanish, Italian, and Portuguese. I look after all of the English content. So, any of the like we cover all of the you know, the big clubs, your Liverpool, Barcelona, Manchester United, all of that. And we cover any of the news. So, it might be something more serious, like a match report or you know, um, an analysis after any of the games, but also some of the more funner things like. Kylian Mbappe getting 10 votes for the French presidency. So we cover all of that sort of viral stuff, all of the important stuff. And, and I sort of coordinate all of that.
1: And is it a fast paced job? Very.
3: That's the key thing. You've got to be very, very quick, especially our approach is always like breaking news. And we want to be the quickest and the first and ahead of everybody else. So you got to be as soon as you see that news, you got to be first on it and write the story very quickly and then get it out there to the world.
0: What do you think is the most exciting league in the world?
3: Probably, I mean, this season, at least probably the Premier League, given the the race for the title between City and Liverpool and the fact that they could be also in a Champions League final together. Probably, yeah, probably the Premier League for, for now, given given the drama that could go down.
0: Yeah. What would be the best piece of advice for a sports journalist?
3: Be quick, be accurate. I think those are the two things. If you can do that, you'll be on your way. Have you had a favorite article that you've written? Yeah, I guess I do. I wrote one. Uh, so I'm a Derry City fan as anybody who uh, finds me on Twitter. I wrote a piece uh, about my favorite ever goal, which was scored by a player called Liam Coyle. who used to play for Derry and about how it was my favorite goal and my dad's favorite goal. And, connecting me and my father and just talking about that goal. That was that was probably my favourite piece.
0: Derry City sitting mm-hmm. top of the League of Ireland table at the moment. How do you think um, they're going to do this season?
3: Well, yes, that is very true. We are top of the table. I don't want to jinx it and say the league is definitely ours, but they do look pretty good so far. They look like they could really do something. And it's been a while since Derry have won a league it might even be before you guys were even born the, the last time Derry won a league, but I don't want to jinx it. I'm When it comes to being a football fan, I'm like every other football fan. I'm very superstitious about some things. So let's say, let's hope they do okay.
1: And you live in Germany. So there was there any shock about when Bayern got knocked out of the Champions League so early? Like
3: This is interesting because there was maybe a, a touch of shock, but there was probably more people who really enjoyed seeing Bayern getting knocked out of the Champions League that early. They're, of course, you know, Germany's biggest club. A very certain amount of people like them and a lot of people don't like them uh, or is not their favourite club, let's say. And it's always nice when somebody big gets knocked out by somebody smaller, like like Villarreal, something like that.
0: Who did you support in the Premier League as a kid?
3: No. should never admit to this as a journalist but when i was growing up you really only had two choices it was either liverpool or manchester united manchester united were far more interesting and far more successful and far more glamorous So, uh, don't tell anybody, but I was more of a Manchester United fan growing up. Plus, they had lots of Irish players then. So, they had Roy Keane and they had Dennis Irwin. And they obviously had a history with Paul McGrath and a couple of others. So, yeah. But like I said, don't put it on an RTE podcast or tell anybody or anything like that. Because then they'll all find out.
0: There's already speculation about summer transfers. Who needs what at this stage, Ian?
3: Well, Man United need a complete rebuild. So, Man United need everything. Bar maybe a couple of players here or there. Kane will stay. I can't see Kane moving. That age, for that price, if he was going to move, it was going to be last summer. Couldn't see him moving outside of England and within England, there won't be space for him. Like He'll never go to Arsenal. So who are your options outside of that? It'd be Liverpool, who don't need him, or Man City. Man City won't need him because Haaland will move to Man City. That seems pretty obvious. Uh, At this stage, they have the money, they have the ambition. They need somebody after Aguero was gone. And he would obviously offer them a lot more Ericsson. That is an interesting one because he's obviously doing very well at Brentford. And it's lovely to see him back on the pitch. That is one of the most the nicest stories of the Premier League season, for sure. I could see him going, but I'm not 100% sure where. I think he's probably a touch better than Brentford. No disrespect to Brentford, but he could play for a better club or bigger club, let's say. Maybe, I mean, it would be lovely to see him back at Tottenham. Could have sort of complete full circle. And then it's Mbappe, right? So your choice is either stay and play with Lino Messi and Neymar or go to Real Madrid. Because that's the two options. I have a feeling he will stay. Like it would be brilliant to have him and uh, Real Madrid. And I sort of see him as a natural successor to Karim Benzema. But given the way Benzema is playing, he could probably play on and still be just as good for another season or two. So I could imagine Mbappe will stay alongside Uh, Messi for another season or two learn as much as he can and enjoy playing with maybe the greatest ever player of all time and then take over from Benzema when he retires at at Real Madrid he's got plenty of time he can do that
1: last question
3: we're closing in
1: on the Premier League and Champions League do you have any predictions on who will take the titles
3: oh god it's so hard to say isn't it I think City will probably do it they're not distracted on a couple of other fronts they just have Champions League and the the title race so yeah let's say City sorry Liverpool Um, for the Champions League it looks like one of those seasons when it's just written in the stars that Real Madrid will do it. It just seems like everything is going in the right direction for them for them to win. It. So I'll, I'll go with Real Madrid.
0: Lots to look forward to as we near the end of this season for two halves. But you'll be keeping us up to speed on everything at one football anyway, Ian.
1: Yep, for sure. <laughs> Ian McCourt, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, lads. Thanks a million to Ian there, what a job. While we've talked a lot about the Men's Premier League and Champions League, let's go now to our two halves women's football correspondent to find out the latest in everything that's been happening in women's soccer. Over to our reporter Addison Whelan.
4: Jack and Harry, I'm delighted to be reporting on women's soccer because it's starting to get the coverage it deserves. At the start of April, in the World Cup women's qualification, Ireland had a 1 all draw against Sweden with Kate De McCabe scoring right on half time and Sweden equalising in the last 10 minutes. Well done to all the girls, they played really well. It was a busy month in the Women's National League. Looking good for Shell, sitting on the top of the league for the month of April with 3 out of 4 wins this month, with Piemont hot on their heels coming up behind us in second place. Not looking good for Treaty United, sitting bottom with no points. I think we're in for a good season this year because there's a lot more sight in the games to come. Moving on now to the English Women's Super League. Chelsea looking really strong this season again. Arsenal coming up behind them in second place. Also this month, Chelsea beat Arsenal 2-0 in the Cup. Not looking too good for Arsenal this year. They have been also knocked out of the Champions League. Barcelona also looking really strong this season. I can't see anybody beating them. Lads, you've been talking about the Premier League. I think Liverpool's going to win. They're looking really strong. My prediction for the top five is Liverpool sitting up top, Man City second, Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth, and Tottenham fifth. I better not forget to tell you about my own league, lads, the Under-14's MGL Premier League. We're sitting third place and we have two games left. We're doing pretty well. This is Addison Whelan reporting on girls and women's soccer for two halves on RTE Junior Radio. Back to you in studio, lads. Up the gunners!
0: Thanks there, Addison. We'll uh, see you about that fourth place. Well done to you, by the way. Top goalscorer for Shelburne over the weekend at the Kilkenny United tournament. And actually, that brings us nicely to the locker room this month. We've had plenty to say on what we think, but what do you think? Let's hear now from the Kilkenny United under-12s girls and their manager, Shane.
5: Girls, how are we?
3: Good. What team you play for? Kilkenny United! Get in there.
2: Charlie,
4: Amy, Rhea. Sophia, Laura, Kay, Claire.
5: Claire, All right, so listen, girls. We've had a great day at the tournament over the last couple of days, have we? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. So tell us uh, who goes to the women's games and has a lovely say. Email to Michelle. Want two girls to watch them games. Yeah. 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 And tell us, right, who's been to see a uh, few women's games? Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, good. But actually, we've just been. A, We've, we've been asked to put up as well and do uh, Ball Girls for Bowls as well oh. One of the Bohemians games in the day, you know, so that's fantastic isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah! So we get a day out there as well alright So like Kenny and I started up the, up the girls underage right, only 8 months ago We've established a really really good team haven't we? How are we all doing together? Good! Yeah. So you've had a really busy 8 months though haven't you? Yeah! yeah. So during the 8 months right, so obviously we've, we've been playing in the Wexford Women's League are we winning a few games? Yes. Yeah, We're not doing too bad, we're not doing too bad. We're just back now from England. Yeah, Yeah. and um, we were over playing two. My
0: night with yeah.
4: Liverpool.
5: And then we went on a training camp with...
0: Stump City! Brilliant, yeah.
5: I'm going to Central Trapper. I'm went
0: to Central Trapper. And the old so,
5: so, what did you think when you were over in England? What was it like when you were playing against Man United and Liverpool? It was great. It
1: was,
5: it was good experience. Yeah. Was good experience, yeah? We learned a lot. Did you learn loads, yeah? Yeah. New skills and everything. New skills and all, yeah. And tell us, you know, what about the levels of football in England at the moment? Overall, oh, wow. Really good. So, what's your plans in, say, one or two we years? we better
0: than them.
5: Yeah, there you go, yeah.
0: Thanks there, girls. Well, we only have one show left, but you can still get in touch with us by emailing junior at rte.ie.
1: Well, that's it for this month's show. Where's that season gone? We'll be back in three weeks' time, just as the Prem ends, and we have a winner, and we'll bring you a major post-match analysis.
0: Your homework from now till then, kids, is to watch as much football as you can, but play even more.
1: Join us then for the season finale of Two Habs. From your hosts, Jack and Harry, see you next time.
0: Two Habs.